I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. We're best friends and professional homosexuals. Who like nothing more than to discuss the culture over a bottle of wine. In our heads, we have all the elegance of two coastal grandmas. But in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. Pour yourself a glass every Wednesday. Cheers! Hi, this is Dustin. Just a little reminder that this show is for adults, so I wouldn't let the little ones listen in on this one. everyone. Thanks for joining me in the special mini-sode of Dustin Can Read and Watch. I'm Dustin, of course, and it should be obvious to you by now that I'm a TV fan. I mean, I added on to my book podcast just so I can talk about TV shows. Come on. <laughs> Being a TV fan, though, it doesn't mean that you love every single show. However, I am a fan of TV shows in general because unlike movies, we we, the audience, get to grow with the characters and watch the story develop over time. Films, unless they're part of a series, just don't do that. You get everything in like an hour and a half to two hours, right? That isn't to say that I think movies are a bad medium, just different. That's all. And most people, I would think, have a preference over which they like more anyway. So that said, I want to talk about the heartbreak you can feel when a TV series gets canceled abruptly. It's a completely different feeling than when a show has a planned end where the writers can organically find a natural conclusion to the story of your characters. You get a sense of closure there, a chance to say goodbye to those characters that you became accustomed to. Whether the ending is good or not is another story. <laughs> However, when a show is canceled and it's done like mid-production or just one season has been produced and it's aired and you love it, it can sting. For people like me who get invested, it hurts. You almost feel like the writers and the actors and the crew and everyone behind got a peek into your brain and into your heart and made that story that was perfect that just for you to connect with. I mean, obviously, it's not just for you, but you know that feeling. It could be something that made you feel really seen. It could be something that made you think outside the box a bit more, therefore helping you grow a little as a person. Or it could simply be a show that made you laugh, like a good comedy. And who doesn't need that nowadays, right? I remember the first time that this happened to me. Okay, wait, before I start the story, I'm going to preface this with my age. I am 42 years young. Yes, I said 42 years young. I'm sorry, Gen Z and Gen Alpha. You don't understand. We're not that much different, I promise you. Just because my body got older doesn't mean that my mind isn't still like a teenager inside. And I, in fact, I think that's a lot of people. Sure, we got responsibilities and we grow up and we pay bills and whatnot. That doesn't mean that you still don't have that youthful energy in your mind, you know? Anyway, 
My first big abrupt show cancellation was in 1995, just a few days after I turned 14 years old. The show in question was My So-Called Life. Now for the listeners who've never heard this show before, <laughs> My So-Called Life is my favorite show of all time. Like of all time, it still is. It captured the teenage experience, the family experience, and just being human in a way that I still have not felt from another show. It starred a then teenaged Claire Danes as Angela Chase, an average girl who decides to shake up her boring life by suddenly making brand new friends and dyeing her hair. It's sort of an act of rebellion, but it's also out of a need to find herself, who she really is. And as we go through it, she narrates the show with insight that is so true to life. It was like looking into, into my brain, or maybe even all of our brains, and finding the perfect phrasing that we would get. The show was critically acclaimed. Claire Danes even won a Golden Globe that year. However, after airing all 19 episodes of season one, ABC canceled the show. The reason? Ratings, of course. They could have moved it to another time slot or just given it a second chance and just gone ahead and ordered a second season. I mean, it was winning awards and, and getting all that praise left and right. I still don't understand the mindset for cancellation, but that's neither here nor there. The reason I bring up my so-called life is because it is historical on many levels. It was the first TV series to have an out gay teenager in a major reoccurring role. Wilson Cruz played Ricky, Ricky Vasquez. And Ricky was nothing like me, but I wanted to be like him. Just four or five months before this show premiered in August of 94, at the age of 13, I came out to myself. I finally figured out that I was a gay kid and Ricky helped me feel seen. Angela and Ricky and their friend Rayanne were misfits in a way. They wore mismatched clothes all the time, hung out in the girls' bathroom. I, you heard that right. The girls in the school didn't care too much about Ricky being in there. He was a staple in that bathroom. They came to expect it. No one felt threatened because a self-identified guy was in the girls' room. So just sit with that thought for a second. The other unique thing about my so-called life was that it was the first show to have a, quote, save our show campaign, an online campaign at that, in 1995. Sure, the internet as we know it today was just getting started with chat rooms and emails being the start of it all, but the teenagers of the time got to work and wanted to bring that show back. Because, I mean, the show ended on a cliffhanger after all. And I think we all know how that feels. I won't spoil the cliffhanger for you because I want you to check the show out. It's on Hulu in the US, by the way. Check that out. I think you'll like it. I didn't know about that campaign. We didn't have a computer at my house in 95. It was kind of rare for everybody to have a computer at that time. And the news wasn't really talking about it. I was just devastated. I would often, and still do, hyperfixate on TV shows all the time. And that was my latest obsession at that time because I connected so much with it. So I was sad 
I was a sad little queer boy until there was a glimmer of hope. In a surprising twist, MTV of all channels decided to start re-airing my so-called life for a couple of weeks. I was elated. I wanted to see the show again. I got out my blank VHS tapes and recorded every single episode on our VCR. And I still have them to this day, complete with vintage MTV commercials. It's awesome. The show was a hit on MTV. So much so that they continued to air it every night for the next couple of years, I believe. They wanted to bring it back or produce a wrap-up movie so we, the audience, could get some closure. Sadly, this never happened, as all the back and forth of the studios and the channel and all that stuff, just, it just pushed a lot of the actors away. They just they kind of got tired of the up and down. They were let down, too. They wanted to do the show, but the constant tease of, will it come back or not, wore them out. So a lot of them started booking new gigs, and they just moved on. Mainly Claire Danes, because she was the star. And, I mean, as disappointing as it was, I really can't fault them for that. They are human, after all. You can only take so much. Side note, if you watch the show on Hulu, or just want to hear me talk about each episode, check out my other podcast, The Rewatch Recap, where my friend Kay and I go through the entire season, covering each of the 19 episodes, episode by episode. And there was even a book brought out that was kind of like a season two storyline which I also read and recapped for the rewatch recap so that everybody can maybe get some closure. But I mean, I'm going to tell you spoiler. There is much closure in that book, but it was nice to revisit the characters and the storyline again. So my so-called life was a pioneer. As most of us know, it wasn't the last time a canceled series was brought back due to extreme fan campaigns. Shows like Family Guy, uh, Futurama, Lucifer, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, um, The Mindy Project, uh, Manifest, One Day at a Time, Arrested Development, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, 911 Just Moved Channels, and more have all been brought back either by their previous network or picked up by another network or a streaming service just to finish the series out. Most of the time, actually, that streamer has been Netflix, but I mean... Hulu, Roku, and some others have actually saved a few shows here and there. Pulled them out of the void. So yeah, that brings us to today. And to the cancellation of Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies by Paramount+. And I want to talk about that show. I want to tell you about it real quick. Actually, I'm going to have somebody else do that because I saw a great TikTok video by Aria Vels, who generously let me use her video for this. And I think it just explains the show perfectly. Listen to this. Hey gays, here is a fun, delightful, and nuanced series about how the past is sometimes not so different from the present, and it's called Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. Four years before the events of Grease the Musical, four girls at Rydell High School, shy good girl Jane, purported Jezebel Olivia, eccentric artist Nancy, and tryhard tomboy Cynthia are all social outcasts in one way or another. After rumors spread that Jane slept with her well-liked new boyfriend Buddy, he decides that things need to cool off between them if he's going to win student class president again. In anger, Jane decides to run for president against Buddy, and Olivia, Nancy, and Cynthia support her, determined to change how things are done at this superficial school. 
Rise of the Pink Ladies builds upon the comedic shenanigans and tender romance of the original Grease, but charts its own path through contemporary musical stylism and social commentary. Diehard Grease fans might find this a bit too big of a deviation from the original, but Rise of the Pink Ladies' choice to be both a fun musical comedy and a sincere exploration of youth and the social order pays off, making it one of the most unique, surprising, and triumphant shows of the season. This show is such a delight. It is! Sure, there weren't accepted interracial race relationships in 1954, and sure, a coming out story like this was pretty unlikely for those times, but who cares? It's a freaking musical. Suspension of disbelief, right? The songs are catchy, the production value in costumes and set design is just awesome, and the cast, oh my gosh, they're spectacular. Especially the four actors who played the OG Pink Ladies. You have Marissa Davila. Cheyenne Isabel Wells, Trisha Fukuhara, and Aria Notartomaso. Now, I'm going to apologize because I've actually never heard any of their last names <laughs> said out loud. So if I butchered them, I'm sorry. Um, if you are listening to this, any of you, I'm very sorry. Uh, you can correct me if you want to. That's fine. But I digress. The show, it even has a Sandy equivalent, by the way, played by Broadway star Chanel Bailey who, spoiler alert, joins the Pink Ladies. She becomes the fifth founding member. Just FYI. Anybody could have seen that coming, though. I mean, you saw that coming, right? I mean, Paramount Plus started dropping episodes for the show back in early April of 2023, and it concluded season one on June 1st of 2023. And only a few weeks later, Paramount Plus announced its cancellation. And not only that, it would seem in an effort to save money for taxes or something, they pulled the show off their streaming service altogether. Ridiculous, right? Pardon my French, but <laughs> I think I can speak for the fans and even non-fans alike when I need to say, what the fuck, Paramount Plus? I mean, I don't like what Disney did, but at least they gave Willow six months to find an audience after its full season had, was out. You didn't even give it a few weeks. Now, there are many problems with this, and I'm going to list them for you. A, not everyone watches once a week, week-to-week -week episodes. They don't. I do. I mean, that's just me. I like to prolong a show, a show as long as I can if I'm really enjoying it. Plus, I grew up with weekly episode drops. This was way before streaming, so it was always weekly. But a lot of people like to binge a show all at once and may not have been ready for it, you know, to wait each week for an episode. So not giving others time to discover the series as a whole is really shitty. And who's to say they're taking into account that multiple people could be watching under one login, under one account for their streaming service. Like they're having a watch party. People can come over and watch it with you. It could even just a couple people. It, it brings up the numbers, right? You're not even taking to that account that we know of. I'm still like really curious how these streamers are actually measuring these things because their algorithms, they don't seem to be right. Something seems off somehow. So we got that one. B, Paramount did not promote the show enough. If they did, it was probably only in like major cities, like billboards and whatnot. Do they not understand that other people live on this planet? They're not always in huge major cities. I mean, I live near Memphis, Tennessee, and that's not a huge major city, but it's a big city. And I didn't see anything here. 
I barely saw any social media posts about it as well. In fact, I had to search for it. I only knew of it because once I saw an article about the cast announcement for the show that put it on my radar. And then I went on Paramount plus and they had like a, go ahead and add it to your list. So when it comes out, it'll just show up, which was great. That actually helped me. It reminded me that it was going to be there when it popped up in my queue. And by the way, what Disney did to Willow was crappy as well. I'm going to reiterate that. And I feel for that production team. I wanted to watch it, but life happened. AKA my mother died. I didn't get a chance. And I just forgot. And maybe streamers should invest in re-promoting shows halfway through their seasons if they're going to go week to week. Or maybe if it's like a full season dropping at one time, they can like, you know, after a month, push harder for more watches. Like maybe give it a little more time. Just give us more time, guys. Just bigger social media pushes would work a lot. It really would. People are online all the time. And finally, C, it's a cruel insult to the cast and the crew and everyone who put hard work into the series just to have it yanked away with no way to share their hard work except in maybe some YouTube music videos or clips found on social media. And if you listen to anyone say anything about how connecting with the show can make an audience member feel, it's kind of heartless to just get rid of content that's bringing in so much joy. Which you can see if you just search Rise of the Pink Ladies on social media. People are just uh, putting out their testimonies. And this was even before it got canceled. I'm so sick of this happening to our shows. We connect with characters and story and aesthetic. We're loyal. We get that not every series can survive. But I feel like more could be taken into account before doing these things before canceling or pulling a show. But the bottom line is always money. So this is where the fans come in. We fans are encouraging other fans, everyone to post their support for the Grease prequel series on social media using the hashtags save rice of the pink ladies or save ROTPL and tagging different streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Max, Roku, Peacock, and maybe even Apple TV. I mean, they haven't really saved a show before. It's always been original stuff from them. But hey, there's a first time for everything, right? There's always hope. So when you post, share your love for the show. Write it out. Make a TikTok video. Repost a meme or an image from the show. Anything. Just to show your love. And keep doing it. Don't just go for a week or two and then give up. That will get us nowhere. Does no one remember the release the Snyder cut campaign for the justice league movie? I mean, that went on for a couple of years and we finally got a four hour movie guys. How about the months of months of campaigning for Netflix to buy up Lucifer and, and make three more seasons of that show. And it worked relentless. It takes patience y'all but I think we can do it. I saw a TikTok live where Marissa Davila, who plays Jane made an excellent point with the writer strikes and pending actors and director strikes. Hollywood is not making anything new right now. So it's kind of an excellent time for this campaign to get other streaming services who might be looking for content to put on their streamers 
So even if we just get the show brought back for season one, it's a win because we can all flock to that streamer and binge the show and tell others and and more of the streamer subscribers will discover it and it'll just broaden that audience even more. It'll grow exponentially. And that might be just enough for the new home, the new streaming service, whoever might pick it up, hopefully they do. And if they do, they might see this and go, well, this show is kind of popular. Maybe we should, you know, invest in a second season of it. Fingers crossed, right? That's all it takes, guys. Heck, I've made Instagram story posts, retweets, and even a few TikTok videos so far. So can you. Sure, some of your online friends might find it annoying to seeing a bunch of pink lady posts, but so what? Simply explain your passion for it, and they should understand. It's not like you can't make normal everyday posts anyway. Just, you know, add in a pink lady post every so often, over and over. Keep momentum on this, guys, because grease is the word, and I want more. Paramount thinks that we're merely players, but they need some brutal honesty. Say, I'm all in. Start pointing fingers at other homes. No more good girl act. Be part of the girl gang and take the wheel. You too can be in the club under the same sky. Tell those streamers, hit me again because the absence is crushing me. Just say, please, please, please. Think pink. Okay, I'm done using song titles to get my message across. Sorry I couldn't use all the titles, but you get the gist. How about we end on these lyrics instead? Pink Lady's pledge that we'll always be together. It's more than you. It's more than me. It's more than a color. Powerless apart, stronger together. Pink Lady's pledge getting in trouble forever. Just make it good trouble. I want to say thank you again to Aria Vells for letting me use her video in this episode. And thank you for listening. Remember to keep acting cool, looking cool, and just being cool. Think pink. See you all in the campaign.